I'm so happy to have you here again. Thank you for joining us one more time. It's Bible Suffering Tuesday, as you know. In case you missed the service on Sunday and previous services, there's good news. It's available for you on the podcast. Just follow the link on your screen and you'll be able to catch up on all the messages that you miss. God bless you as we enter into a time of worship. God is what I 
Hi, I'm Pastor B. Welcome to another session of Bible Suffering. How has your week been so far? I trust you're having so much fun. Remember, we are running a series which I call the Traffic Light Mystery. We started like last Tuesday and it has been great and awesome. Do you know that on some of your remote control and your music systems, there is the play button, that is the play button and the pause button are usually controlled by one single button. This, in a way, reflects life. When I press play, automatically I've said no to pause. When I pause what I'm watching, automatically I have said no to play. You know, and this is what they call in economics opportunity cost. When you arrive at a junction and at the traffic light, uh, and the traffic light turns red, vehicles on the opposite direction or possibly on the perpendicular direction or lane might have their light on green. So as you wait at the red light, other vehicles are moving on. And the dichotomy, or if you permit me to use this word, the trichotomy of um, choosing play, pause, or stop when presented with a decision is a subject I believe will either determine your success or not. So it's something I would love us to discuss. So today, I want us to talk about when or how do you know when to say yes to something, to say no, or when to say hold on? Very, very, very important. When to slow down or even pause to have a good look at the situation before arriving at a decision. And this is exactly how or what the traffic light situation is the green signals go mean, meaning act the amber signals pause and think or hang on then the red light means stop and halt all proceedings alarm bells ringing hey your antennas are high when it comes to some decisions so how do you balance this how do you know when to take an opportunity or when to decline one even when it appears credible and fantastic when those opportunities are presented to you. How can you tell when God is saying, go for it? Go for it and go for it as quick as possible. And how can you tell when Satan is also saying, go for it? Putting pressure on you to go for it. Both of them is like the green light the one is asking you to go for it so you prosper, so you have a good life, so you enjoy the benefits. The other is saying, go for it, so you'll be destroyed. So you will hit a roadblock. So decisions, decisions, decisions. Now, I want you to brood on this for a little bit. Then I'll come back to explain to you what I mean. Don't scroll past this video. Make sure you are tuned in. Because the subject we're going to discuss today is very, very, very important. And why is it important? 
for a lot of people, they believe that the first half of 2020 is gone because of the COVID, the lockdown. So a lot of things all over the world was like halted. Now the lockdown is being eased off and everybody already has this, let's catch up, let's catch up. You know, no time, no time. And when you are put under that kind of pressure or whenever you're in a hurry, you might make a mistake. So that's why I am running this subject today, just to let you know that, or rather to let you know how you can tell between the right decision and the wrong decision, especially when you need to make them in a hurry. And I'll be right. So back to our subject of making haste or hastiness in decision making. What is the balance, you might ask? What is the balance? You know, I'm sure you must have noticed that the amber light is between the red light and the green light. That tells me something. Before you take that decision, before you act, before you go, pause and think. And before you also stop, also pause and think. So there is uh, an advisory for caution both ways, either to say no or to say yes. So before you make any major decision, it is wise to take a moment, think about it, and don't rush. <laughs> don't rush. The amber light is so significant. This was one of King David's secrets to success and victories in most of the battles that he fought. So as a believer, we should not make hasty decisions. And that's true. Neither does it mean we should also be slack when hasty decision or action is required. A good example is Nabal's wife. If you remember Nabal, Nabal was the man that David went to and asked and made a request for some supplies, food or something to eat and all that. And Nabal ridiculed David, called him all sorts of names and all that. David sent his servants to him. So when the servants came back and narrated what Nabal said, David was furious and told his men, get up, let's go and deal with that fool. So as he was preparing, getting his sword and all that to go and storm Nabal's house, Abigail, Nabal's wife, was already at hand. And she came bearing gifts. I call those gifts peace offering. You know, um, the supplies that Nabal need, that David needed, wine, food, stuff, and all that. So she brought that peace offering and saved her husband, or rather, let me put it this way, 
saved David from murdering the husband. Because as you know, Nabal still died, but not at the hand of David. Nabal still died, probably at the hand of God. So that blood that was supposed to be shed, that was supposed to be on David's hands, if he had gone ahead to shed Nabal's blood, was no longer in his hands. So Abigail, you could say, saved David. Saved David. So he escaped that. But what am I saying? If Abigail did not make haste, did not make haste, paraventure, David would have killed her husband. So, uh, when we talk about hasty decisions, this is one good example. If uh, Abigail thought to say, let me sleep on it tomorrow or decide or think about it, who knows what would have happened? Just follow me in this journey. I'm not against taking your time to think about a decision. In fact, I'm all for it. But what I'm saying, or what I want to teach you today, how to tell the right decision. Now, I'm going to give you another example. And this example is about Naomi. Naomi had two daughter-in-law, um, Ruth and Oprah. And Naomi was going by because she has heard that the famine in Jerusalem has abated. She put pressure on the two daughter-in-laws to go back to their people. Oprah jumped at that decision and went back. Ruth refused to go back. She said to her mother-in-law, please don't pressure me to go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. I am going to stay with you. And you know, she took the decision at the spur of the moment. In fact, both of them took the decision at the spur of the moment. One went back. The other that went along with Naomi became Jesus' granny. Isn't that awesome? Now, on the flip side, when Lot was presented with a choice by his uncle, Abraham, he chose the lush vegetation of Sodom and Gomorrah by what his eyes could see. He chose by his sight. And you know the story. He lost everything because God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot lost everything, lost his wealth. He only escaped that city with the clothes he was wearing on his back and his two daughters because even his wife also got missing in action. Another good example is Esau. You know the story. Esau was put on the spot. His brother Jacob said to him, Give me your birthright in exchange for this pot of soup. And what did Esau do? <laughs> Esau disregarded his birthright in exchange for a red soup. At the spot of the moment, he took a decision that eliminated his name from the name of the Petra. It was supposed to be Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. But because of that decision he took at the spot of the moment, based on hunger, a wise man will always say that never take a decision when you are hungry. Never take a decision when you are in dire need of something. Never decide when you are angry 
or don't take any action or speak when you're angry. Why those emotions can push you into making the wrong decision. And in this case, Esau made the wrong decision. So I've shown you two examples on the good side. I've also shown you two examples on the bad side. What does this mean? That making decisions quickly is not wrong. And at the same time, it could be bad. The question is the amber light. The amber light. The principle of the amber light that is between those two decisions. And like I said earlier, the principle of the amber light for Christians represents the Holy Spirit. Then if you're not a Christian, you still have your human spirit and the voice of the human spirit is your conscience. I will not get to explaining how the Holy Spirit works through our conscience to help us or guide us. I'm going to do that next week. Very, very important. So make sure you listen to this episode through. Listen to last week's episode, uh, last week's service, and keep a date with me next week. So, as you can see, decision-making is crucial, is critical. Now, if you're a leader in any sphere of life, you also know that decision-making is core or is the heart. I've always judged good leaders on their ability to make right decisions, especially when they are under pressure to make those decisions. And uh, when you also make decisions that are good under pressure, it um, endears your subordinates to you. They will see you as somebody they can trust to make the right decisions that will not impact you know, negatively on the organization and will not impact negatively on themselves. When you make it a habit of making good decisions and everybody in the company at the end of the day or in the organization at the end of the day uh, are better off for it you 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 earn the respect of everyone around you now for spiritual leaders decisions should not just be made based on information knowledge and all that for spiritual leaders we already have an asset and that asset is god in the person of the Holy Spirit that lives on our inside. Making use of the Holy Spirit, availing ourselves of this treasure that God has put on our inside. You know, Paul speaking, I think in Corinthians, say we have this treasure in earthen vessel. Availing ourselves of that treasure, which is the Holy Spirit, will give us an edge in life, give us an edge in everything we do. What is or what are the underpinning grounds that should be taken into consideration in our decision-making process, whether we are under pressure or not? Now for this, I'm going to use the biblical figure Nehemiah as our um, case study this evening, after which I'm going to end today's service. On that note. Now, when you look at Nehemiah chapter 1 and you read from the first 10 or 11 verses, you're going to notice something. One of the underpinning factors or things you should put into consideration, number one, is investigation. Investigate, gather information before you take a decision. Very important. And the Bible says in verse 1 of that Nehemiah, 
that one of his brothers came and he inquired from Hani how things are with the remnant of Jerusalem and those that survived the exile in Persia, that's Babylon, that metamorphosed into Persia. So he inquired, he asked questions, and he sat and listened to the feedback he got. So before you make a decision, always, always gather information. Now, from the information he got, he found out that the people were in distress. Those living in Palestine at that point. And it really pained him. So after he gathered information, the next thing you need to do, the second point, is analyze the information you have gathered. Because having the information without analyzing it will do you no good. Remember, information is power. What makes information powerful is analyzing it. Now, make sure the information you've gotten is good information, not bad information or fake news, as it were, you know, a day to day. So you get right, correct, good information, then you need to analyze it properly. Uh, analyze it properly so you will know the next course of action you need to take. So the first point, gather information. The second point, analyze that information. Uh, one scripture on that is Proverbs 12 verse 2. I love that scripture. The Bible says, enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. And that, is, <laughs> that is true. And I said, haste leads to mistake or haste makes mistakes. That is so true. Now, when you read verse 4, you see how Nehemiah began the process of analyzing that information. The Bible says that when he heard those things, he sat down. So that posture of sitting is the posture for analyzing. And as it were, when you analyze information to uh, predict your next course of action, you need to do the SWOT analysis. Check the strengths, check the weakness, your weakness as well, the opportunities, the threats of any project you want to embark on. These analyses are crucial and it will equip you to arrive at a good decision. And one thing you need to also know is know yourself. When you know yourself, know your ability and your capability, you know the things you can do and the things you cannot do. Based on your knowledge of yourself, you will know how to go about that project. Now, like I said earlier, David was one person that was so good. So good. So, 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 so good. In. In. In warfare. And he got a lot of victories. He went warring. He fought alongside the Philistines once. Came back to his camp and found that the Amalekites have raided. Even took away their wives, his wife and the wives of his men and their kids and everything. And he got so mad and angry, you know. So, uh, his men got also mad with him. They wanted to revolt against him and all that. But the Bible says that David sat down and encouraged himself in the Lord. Then he went to God for directions and he got the next step, the next course of action to take. So the third thing Nehemiah did was to empathize. 
Whenever your decision has to do, is going to impact other people other than you, you need to empathize. What do I mean? Put yourself in the shoes of those that is going to affect. Those your decisions will affect. The Bible says that Nehemiah sat more than fasted before the Lord and prayed. So he wanted to feel the pain the people were going through. He could feel it. He put himself, he put himself in their shoes. We are better armed with the best tools to point out a solution if we can feel what the people are feeling. Always see things from the humane side. Always do. Because it will help you make better or help you make the best decision. So the fourth thing you need to do is identify with a source of wisdom. In that verse 6, verse 4, the Bible says that Nehemiah prayed. David sat and prayed and asked God what to do. So one thing uh, leaders, great leaders know is that they know the power of information. They also know that the source of wisdom and direction is the divine. Now maybe in your career, in your business, always have a mentor that has gone through the path you want to journey through, that has been where you are going, and also seek advice from them. You hear from God, also hear from your mentor, because you cannot buy experience. Experience is a well of information and knowledge. So speak to a mentor and also get direction from that mentor. But your mentor does not substitute God. Then finally, the fifth point is pray. Pray, 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 pray. Nehemiah said his prayer from verse 5. He prayed to like verse 11 he was praying. He followed the principles of prayer. He adored God. He confessed and repented on behalf of the Jews. Then he thanked God. Then he tendered his supplication, the ACTS acronym. I think a few weeks ago, I also talked about phrases you must include in your prayers. First, you worship, you adore God. Then, you present God's word back to him because God is not going to do anything outside his word. Then, um, will I say, re-emphasize your faith in God by saying, I know your character, I know your word, and that you will not back out from the word. Then you pray in the name of Jesus, then you thank and all that. So, the information you have fished for needs to be translated into practical wisdom. And prayer is the bridge from information to knowledge. From information to knowledge. I don't get tired of referring or making reference to David. This was his habit. When he was crowned king, the Bible says that the Philistines heard it and they all <laughs> prepared to war against him. And what did they do? They set the battle in array at the season of war. I think in the valley of Raphidim, you know, and David went to the Lord and inquired of God. He asked God, what should I do? And the Lord told him, go. That was that David heard, which is information. And he went down 
to hold analysis. He went down to the hold that analysis. And David inquired of the Lord, inquired, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Will that deliver them into my hand? And the Bible says, The Lord said unto David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thy hand. So whenever you pray the prayer of inquiry, always hold on for an answer. Prayer is a dialogue. Doesn't upload a runoff. Wait to hear. You know? Now, see what happened. The next year, at the same season, at the same time, the same nation, enemy nation, the Philistines, also set the battle in array. Honestly, if I were David, I have seen it's the same enemy, the same time of the year, the same place where we fought the previous year. What I would have done, to be honest with you, I would have just gotten my army and do, did the same thing I did the previous year. And my excuse would, would have been, God told me to do this last year. This is the same enemy. Everything appears the same. If God said, do this last year, if I do it this year, I will get the same result, which was victory, that I got last year. I know I will do that. But David, David, David did not do that. David went back to God. <laughs> he went back to God, you know, and inquired of the Lord. Now, the beauty of the story is that God gave David a different strategy. Let me pause and say something. Don't be ruled by your five senses, whether you're under pressure or not. It is when you are ruled by your five senses, that is when you are going to make the wrong choice. The Bible says we should be ruled, we should be controlled by the Holy Spirit. He said that they that are controlled, they that are led by the Spirit, that they are the sons of God. So a lot of us make the mistake of hurrying up because everything looks okay. And we discountenance God's role, but not David. So David inquired from God and God changed the strategy. Now you see that story in chapter 5 of 2 Samuel, verse 23 to 24 says, And David inquired of the Lord. He said, Thou shalt go up. Strategy 1. But fetch a compass behind them. Strategy 2. And come upon them over against the mulberry trees strategy three and let it be when thou hearest the sound of it going in the tops of the mulberry trees that then shalt thou bestir thyself strategy four <laughs> and god answered to him if you follow through all these strategies then it is then that i the lord god will join you in battle think about it if he had not followed through these strategies, he would have gone in his own mind. And if he had gone in his own mind, he would have failed. Let me pause here and say something. This is my own personal conviction, yeah? God told David that he's going to hear the sound of a going. That going means a marching. It's like an army marching. 
from a large army, large army marching. But he said this march or this marching was not going to be on the ground. It's going to be on top of the mulberry trees. Excuse me, who marches on top of a tree? So this tells me something. Like I said, it's my personal conviction. This tells me something. That this second battle by the same enemy at the same location was not the same as the first battle. Not at all. This second battle, the Philistines, this is my own opinion, possibly came not just in the flesh, but they came to battle fortified with spiritual power. That was why God told David, don't go in your might like he did the first time. Wait for the Lord God to join you in this battle. This battle you are going for, this second one, is not just physical. It's not just a natural battle. This battle, though physical, is going to be more spiritual than physical. If David did not go to inquire to seek directions, he would have gone in the flesh and he would have been defeated by spiritual forces. So the marching on top of the mulberry trees, they are not humans. This is the heavenly host backing up the armies of Israel as they go into that battle. So in this second half of 2020, make sure you have God on your side. Satan has created chaos, has typhoid, the, I mean, has put the whole world on lockdown. You can see the hand of the enemy strongly, strongly in what has been going on in world affairs. So don't carry on as normal. Don't carry on as usual. This is a period where you need to be fortified by God, where you need to move about with a heavenly host. That is why I hold not just a normal prayer meeting on Wednesdays. I hold a prophetic prayer meeting every Wednesday evening. Every Wednesday evening. If you want a spiritual backup in the next half of 2020, keep a date with God every Wednesday by 8 p.m. In that place, we gather strength. We ask God for his heavenly host to join us as we go into battle this second half of 2020. So the lockdown and its consequences will have nothing on us. When others are saying there is a casting down, we will shout from the mountaintop, from the rooftop, that there is a lifting up. So join me every Wednesday. The number is on the screen. If you want to join, send a message to that number. We've been having great testimonies. You know, two Wednesdays ago, we had our prayer meeting. And I sensed by the Holy Spirit, He put a word in my mouth and I delivered the word. And while we we're praying, I said that there's somebody in this prayer meeting that his face will be announced in the corridor of power. Incidentally, the next day, I got a call and I was told that that word was for them. That the, 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 that the spouse for months, has been chasing the governor of the state in Nigeria. Chasing, he has tried power, might, power, might, nothing. He has not been able to be granted audience. But the next day after I gave that word through the Holy Spirit, 
he was called by the governor for a private meeting. That is the power of prophecy. That is the power of prophecy. So if you want something shifted in the second half of 2020, if you're interested in speed to recover everything COVID and lockdown has stolen from you, join us, join us, join us, join us, join us, join us. So, just take a second and imagine this. If David did not inquire from the Lord, just think about it. Just put on it. Don't do anything this year without the Holy Spirit. Don't do anything this year without the Holy Spirit. Don't. Always set time out every morning to seek His face. To seek His face. Have your quiet time. Spend time with God. Read your word. So, how do you reconcile quick, delayed decisions and no decisions at all? Now, see, your ability to receive guidance from the Holy Spirit, who is our guide, determines the speed of your decision. And one of the ways to do this is by training your human spirit. You train your human spirit to hear directions from the Holy Spirit. You train your human spirit to be receptive to receiving guidance from the Holy Spirit. You know, you train your human spirit to the extent that you have confidence that the decisions you are making is the right one or they are the right one. So training your human spirit is very important. And that is where I'm going to kick this off next week. So make sure you join us. Whenever God speaks and you sense you need to make a swift decision, do it. Zacchaeus didn't wait to deliberate when Jesus spoke to him and asked him to come down that he's going to stop in his house. Though he was a sinner, he could tell that the voice he heard was the voice of God. So he hastened when Jesus offered him that choice. He took it. And his life changed for the better. His life changed for the better. Jesus came to his place, he repented, and he made restitution. Think about it. See, Zacchaeus, a sinner, could tell when Jesus spoke. I'm going to explain all of this. The voice of the Spirit, the voice of your conscience, and all that next week. So, make sure you keep a date with me next week. Uh, On the flip side, Jesus also... Through that invitation to a lot of people. And so people say, hey, follow me. But a lot of them declined. Zacchaeus, a sinner, could tell that it was Jesus. He obeyed, his life changed. Some other people, Jesus also spoke to them, but they couldn't tell. A lot of them even made excuses. A lot of excuses. Oh, I need to go tell my parents. Oh, I just married. Uh, uh, I just married. Oh, this, they were making silly excuses when Jesus made that call. They could not decipher their defining moment. They could not tell that this was a life-changing opportunity that was handed down to them. That was handed down to them. So making the right decision is critical. It's very, very important. Um, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. And the prayer I'm going to pray for you is the prayer that you will be sensitive to know when your life is taking a turn for the good. 
to recognize and identify your divine mind. To have keen perception, keen perception, to make and take the right decision and make the right choice. When choices are presented, let me say this before I pray. You know, at times the Holy Spirit will tell you, make haste, take that decision because if you don't take that decision hastily, the door will close. What do I mean by that? Because I've heard a lot of people say, oh, no one can close any door that God has opened for me. And I get where they're coming from. I get where they're coming from. But God functions through men. And men are not God. Men are prone to, to factors around them. Let me explain. If God wants to bless you, he's going to bless you through a man. He's going to try and influence the man, speak to the man to bless you. At the same time, we all have an enemy. The enemy is Satan, right? Satan at the same time does not want you to be blessed. He's going to also try to influence men not to bless you. So when God says to them, help this person, assist this person, open this door for this person, Satan will do everything in his power to close that door. Let me give you this example. I'm sure you must have been led to give money to somebody or to assist somebody. And somehow you didn't do it. Probably you forgot or you got busy or it just changed your mind. The question is, if God told you to help somebody, God can't change your mind the next day. The person that influenced you otherwise is the enemy that doesn't want that person to get that blessing. Yeah, get that blessing. So because we are dealing with men, when a door opens, jump through it. Don't waste your time, especially if you've received direction from God. Don't say, I'm going to wait, you're going to dilly-dally, let me be sure it's God, oh, let me make sure. And while you're dilly-dallying, you might lose the opportunity. This is where hearing from the Holy Spirit and knowing for sure that it's the Holy Spirit directing you is key. Is key. So there are times, why I'm saying this, that there are times you will need to make a quick decision. There are times you will need to make a quick decision, a hurried one. So uh, you need to know if it's the right one because the Holy Spirit can hasten you to do something, but Satan will usually put pressure on you to make a decision. So how do you tell which is which? Next week. Next week. Now I'm going to pray for you. Father, I thank you for this one. I thank you because you have kept them till this time to listen through this message for a reason. A lot of people tuned in, but they tuned off. But for the ones that listened through, there is a reason. There is a reason. You kept them to listen through because there is a decision that is going to come their way. They needed to learn this, to hear this today. And I pray for them especially. Your Bible says, your word says, that we will hear a voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. 
Do not turn to the left. Do not turn to the right. That is my prayer for this one. Let, oh Lord, let them hear clearly from you what to do in that circumstance. What to do when they are presented with a choice. Your word also says that the hearing ear and the seeing eyes is yours, that you created them. I ask that you endow this ones with ears, not these physical ears, but the ear of their perception to hear direction from the Holy Spirit. That you grant, grant them eyes, not these physical ones, because we're not ruled by what we see or hear, but the eye of your Spirit to see and see indeed. No mistakes in this season. No mistakes. No mistakes. They will make choices and those choices will prosper them. Those choices will make them successful. This is my prayer. Hearing ears, seeing eyes. Endow them with this in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I ask for doors to be opened for them doors of opportunities. I ask for speed, speed, speed in the next half of 2020. Let them, oh Lord, at the end of this year, give you glory and thanks for the wondrous things that you will have done in their life. And for that, I return the glory ahead of time because I know you will do it because we've prayed and we've believed in Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, Keep it there with me tomorrow for prayer meeting, prophetic one, and keep it there with me on Sunday. God has a word for you this day. I love you. Go and prosper. This is. Okay. Welcome back from the sermon. How was it for you? I'm sure you enjoyed it. And I'm definitely, of course, I was blessed and I'm sure you were blessed. Um, it's time for us to give. I love this time because it's a time for us to be part of what God is doing. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. You can just follow the link on your screen for ways you can give and God bless you. Church, we are all about generosity. There are two ways to give. Firstly, through a bank transfer using our SOT code and account number if you live in the United Kingdom. SOT code 208213 account number Four three eight three two seven six seven. Secondly, online in your browser, type activatechurch.co.uk forward slash give. If you have a PayPal account, just scan this code with your phone camera. It will take you to your PayPal app.
Thank you.